Still. At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Ms. T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Greetings, listeners. You're back where it's at. And this is Tanisha Baker spinning the winning talk show design with you in mind. You're listening to Talking with T, the show with the flow that will keep you in the know. We keep it real and true as we do what we do. It's March 7th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with comedian Wanda Sykes. March is recognized as National Women's Month, and tomorrow is International Women's Day. March is also recognized as National Nutrition Month. So far in 2016, we have had Jumpstart January, Feel Good February, and for this month, the theme will be Motivated in March. Motivation is your enthusiasm, drive, ambition, initiative, determination, or inspiration that moves you toward a goal. Motivation stimulates desire and commitment. Follow Talking With T on Facebook and Twitter for daily motivation. Take a moment and let us know what gets you motivated. Last week, I aired part one of my interview with Mr. Michael Logan. If you missed it, I encourage you to visit www.talkingwitht.com and listen to the show under February 29th. Today, we will pick up where we left off. So here is part two with Mr. Michael Logan. When I came out of debt, I just got high again. And I know it's crazy, but that's what happened. But a few months after that, I went for my routine checkup at the health department. Because even though I was in the midst of my stuff, in my sober moments, I'm very logical. <laughs> and uh, okay. I, I would go about every three months just to make sure because I would have a lot of unprotected sex. Just I just did. But in the midst of that, I found that I was HIV positive. And um, I, I found that out September 20th, 2013. And uh, lost my grandmother in November 2013, November 17th. And December the 1st, 2013, I was headed back to prison for violation of parole because I had pretty much just given up. Um, I was with a guy steadily, even though I was on drugs and doing other uh, things outside of my relationship. I do not believe that I caught it from those other adventures. I believe it came from him, the guy that I was with. And I know to the listening audience and maybe even to you that it'll be like, how do, how do you think you were so in love with this guy when you was on drugs doing this? But when you're on drugs, you become somebody else. You have different feelings. You have different emotions. And you can truly be in love with someone and hurt them when you're on drugs because you're, you're, you're not you. And, uh, so the need for I, the drugs takes over your sense of reason or what your oh, normal yeah. thinking. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, like I told you, my granny was my world. But one day she took me to the casino with her. And right before we left, I had been getting high. So by the time we got to the casino, I was kind of fiending and geeking, but she didn't know. Or if she did know, she took me anyway, maybe to get me away from it. But because I was fiending and geeking, I tricked her into giving me $100. And she gave me $100, and I got in her car and left her at the casino. She was there for two days. Oh, yeah. Stranded for two days with my level three retarded, clinically retarded cousin, you know, and I just left them and I went and got high, went and got me an eight ball and 
sold enough of to get high some more. I mean, mm. when I came to, oh, I felt like crap. Of course, I felt like crap. And that was the last time I seen my granny alive. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, 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 it bugs me to even talk about it now, but she told my sister to tell me to never come back around her. Well, I never saw, I actually saw her, but she did not see me again. Um, I passed by her. She was waiting at a red light one day by the, um, by the BJ's on Magnolia and I was going up the hill and she was at the red light and I kind of dug down in the seat because I was ashamed. But she said she never wanted to see me again and she didn't. And about two, three weeks after that incident, I got the phone call on a Sunday morning that doctors had gave her. Well, I got the phone call that Friday that the doctors had given her two days to live, about 48 hours. My granny been the stubborn woman she was. She lived three days. Okay. <laughs> But um, I went to her funeral. I sang my heart out, told the church up, and everything just looked like, oh, he loved his granny so much. But people don't know that the last time I saw her, I pretty much robbed her and left her stranded. But it's not that I don't love her. That's the point I'm making. It's not that I didn't love her because I love my granny to pieces. Because we are three years later, and she still brings me to tears because she's gone. But it's when you're high, man, you really become the drug. You don't, I'm not me. When I'm high, I can't sing. I can't write. Uh, I can't speak intellectually. Uh, I'm, I'm not me. I become a thug. I'm mean, you know, and, and I don't have a heart to be mean when I'm sober. Like I can't hit nobody over their head and take their car. Right. <laughs> Who? Yeah. My little 150 pound, five foot seven frame, you know, <laughs> but all of a sudden you become six two, two fifty, and it's like, what? <laughs> because you're high. Right. So, where are we now? Tell me what's going on now. Okay, so I went back to prison December 1st, 2013. This is after the passing of your grandmother and after you discovered your HIV positive. Yes. Okay. And I I woke up. I literally woke up. um, I stayed for two years. I wasn't released again until September 27, 2015. in that time, God just began to really show me. I met an Indian guy, a guy of Indian, uh, a true-blooded native Indian, excuse me. And um, mm-hmm. he was he was telling me about my health. And he was like, you don't have to take those medications. You can just eat right and do this and do that. He introduced me to dandelions and the dandelions that we cut with the lawnmower, just regular weeds. They have a natural, they have a natural ability in them to help your liver to pretty much revamp itself, rejuvenate itself when it's when it, when it's injured or damaged. And wow, that's interesting. I, I gotta look that up. Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. And wild, wild and about well. Really? So wild oh, yeah. and dandelions. Okay. Yep. All right. And, and I so this Native American introduced you to some holistic type of um, natural medicine. Yes, he did. And I would okay. make a tea three times a week. And when I went in for my chronic care appointment, they call you in every three months to check on your condition. The nurse said one one month when I went in, she said, um, I'm sorry, but we misdiagnosed you. You don't have hepatitis B. Uh, your body has an immunity to it. And I said, no, I had that before I got here. <laughs> you know? Right, right. You've already been tested. It's been verified. You know what you got. Right. Right, and right. it just made it made me realize that God 
really is like man has spoiled so much of God's creation for the sake of money and ignorance. And even though I know that might seem like, well, how'd you find God in it? But I did. Like that was the catalyst that brought me closer to God. It made me see God as a tangible thing, not just some spirit hovering over me, ready to strike me down when I have sex with a dude or do some drugs. He's literally like right here because he healed my body. He did. And even, even with my kidney, I have chronic kidney disease and boiling my water, not in the microwave though, but just boiling my water over a hot element or whatever and killing germs that's in the water and bringing it back to a natural state. I would do that every day because the Indian dude told me that. And before I knew it, my numbers for my kidney were back stabilized. So now today I don't drink anything except filtered water because the, the water that they give us, what they call municipal water or city water, it has mm-hmm. fluoride in it. And fluoride has been known to aid in the development of Alzheimer's and other things. And and I just began to realize, oh, my goodness, if I just get back to the way that pretty much Adam lived, mm-hmm. I can live a whole a holistic life. And then it went on through the Bible of the diet that the Lord gave the Israelites. And I realized it wasn't a religious thing. It was a health thing. God wants his people to be in their optimal health. And so I gave up pork. I gave up beef. And I began to just see changes. I lost about 60 pounds without much. I mean, I do work out. Don't get me wrong. But I don't work out as hard as it may look. Some people might see my physique or whatever or see what I can live. And they think I go hard. But I really don't. I just follow these rules that God implemented from day one of creation. And okay. it just began to, it just began to show me like God is God. He's not just a good idea, he's a God idea and that woke me up. Like it really woke me up to some things. And with that I've been able to maintain sobriety, not because I don't enjoy the drug, because I did, but I see now that the drug is a chemical that it gets me high but it hurts me internally. And I hadn't really been aware of that. I mean, if I had thought about it, of course, I would have thought about it. But now I understand not just drugs, but processed food or just all type of thing. I mean, Lord, uh, inorganic lotion, (laughs) you know, I mean, more power to everybody that does what they do. But for me now today, I use organic shea butter or olive oil on my skin. I I don't get pimples. (laughs) <laughs> you know, all of a sudden my skin is clear. I'm just realizing that God has implemented certain laws and man has gotten so far from it because we preach so much about grace and your works and this and that. And it's true. We are saved by the grace, but there are still some universal principles that God put in place that we must follow in order to be in our best health. And that's what I do today. I quit smoking cigarettes. I, I will have wine. I will. And there's certain other things that I do, like jelly beans. Jelly beans are, are my new crack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, right. um, but I realize that if I sweat it out, it comes out. That's God's way of helping us get rid of the toxins. And, and I'm just living my best life now. So here I am out of prison. I've been out of prison for about four months. And now all of a sudden, because I know these new things and God has revealed these things to me, I'm living my best life, even though I've chosen to be homeless. I find, I haven't spoken about that yet, but I chose to be homeless because the situation that I was living in, everybody was on drugs and this and that. And I was just like, no, 
God, you don't want me here. But if you don't want me here, that must mean that you'll take care of me if I leave. So I left. I've been homeless now for about five days and um, literally sleeping on the street. Um, I went to the mission two of those days, but last night I slept in the cemetery again. And I was straight. Like, the only people in the cemetery are dead folk, and they ain't trying to mess with you. So... <laughs> That's okay. Be- I guess that's one way to look at it. So, <laughs> so right now today, you you've been out of prison for a month. You're sober. You have a new mm-hmm. healthy lifestyle. But all that being said, you're homeless because you're choosing that over, unlike before, staying wherever you could, regardless of what was going on in that environment. So now you're saying. You know, this environment isn't healthy for me, so I'm going to remove myself. But now you're homeless again. So right. what What are the plans? Because uh, we obviously don't well, want to stay homeless. Oh, no. Uh, I have a Section 8 voucher. I applied for Section 8, and this is the favor of God. When I applied, mm-hmm. the lady told me it's about a 12 to 36-month wait. I mm-hmm. got mine in less than 60 days. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm sure it has to do with the fact that I'm HIV positive because I went through a HIV uh, program that helped me get the Section 8 voucher. And I hate to mm-hmm. say HIV is good because it's not, but it's been kind of like the blessed curse, <laughs> you know. Okay, um, right. I've got, gotten involved in so many different type of programs and volunteering for this and volunteering for that, and I've met so many people that are willing to help. Or whatever, and so I got my Section 8 voucher, and I'm waiting to find a place. But every single day, since I left that that roommate situation that I was in, every single day I've met somebody who can help. Like yesterday, just out of the blue, a friend of mine called and gave me a phone number. And he told me, call this lady, call her every day. She ain't going to answer her phone because she never does. But if you leave her a voice message every day for the next two weeks, eventually she'll call you because she knows you're serious. So I used this number, and I called her, and she answered on the first ring. And wow. <laughs> right. God, I mean, it's just God. Like, literally, when you follow that voice, like Jiminy Cricket in Pinocchio said, I always let your conscience be your God. I believe that mm-hmm. conscience is your God. <laughs> um, yeah. Your D.O.D. And yeah. since I did what I felt I should have done, even though it's homelessness and People might say, boy, go on in there and live with this person or live with that person. God was telling me, get on them streets because I got you. And since I did, he's really had me. And this lady was like, okay, well, it's Friday, almost 4 o'clock, and I can't do anything today. But you text me your information, and Monday morning, I'm going to make sure I get on top of it. And it's because of who I knew that gave me the phone number or whatever. And she said, we're going to get you a place. By the end of next week, I promise you'll be somewhere. And I couldn't help, and, and people think I'm crazy, but I just hollered in the middle of, in the middle of Nashville, up the street from the mission. Mm-hmm. I just hollered, thank you, Lord, <laughs> just out loud. And then people were looking at me like, what is wrong with him? He high? No, I ain't high today. I'm sober, but that's a, a different kind of high. high. <laughs> it's a different kind of high. And so I just, I just see God now, and I understand that everything that he's allowed me to go through really has been for the platform that he's creating for me. Because you can't help somebody. It, it's like walking on a construction site, helping somebody to build a home. But you ain't never built a home. So what you going to do? Right, right. So, right. so he's allowed me to learn how to build this life up, to learn how to go through those things and be successful in it. Even though I'm not there yet, today I can see it. 
today I know the way. on the way. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I got I got uh I, I, I have a part time job, but come Monday I start a full time job. And this full time job is going to allow me to work in the morning so I can still keep my part time job in the evening. That ain't nothing but God. I mean, because the lady was hiring for second shift. But when I told her, I was like, well, I have a part-time job in the evening. She was like, well, we, we have one position left for the, the morning. You want first shift? Just like that. This, this woman don't know me to, you know, to, to, to show me that type of favor. And I just know it's God, you know. So mm-hmm. so through it all, I stand up today, and I'm still in the midst of my stuff, you know. But I'm coming out of it, Miss T. And I have a yeah. new op- optimistic view. and. And it's just awesome. It really is. Well, I'll tell I mean, you what, I'm pulling for you. And I'm sure many of the listeners that. are, too. And not only that, we want to keep up with you and see how you do on this journey. And I understand you mentioned before that uh, you like poetry, you you like spoken word, and you like music. So, listeners, keep it where it's at. I'll be right back, and we're going to check out a little music and a little spoken word from Michael Logan. Michael, thank you. Thank you. Sometimes we do things in this world and we just don't understand why. But then when the time comes for the person to die that we never show love to, we cry. And it just doesn't make sense to I. So I stand here today and I stand in truth. Spitting this pain out of lips that I've held in since my youth. I'm standing in this booth because I'm coming off my tooth. I just want people to know the truth. Don't be no fool and don't let time fool you. See, it's time right now. That's the only time that we have. And if we keep on procrastinating, then we're going to die and never be filled up. Why you don't want to be filled up? Why you just want to give up? It's not time to give up. It's time to persevere. It's time to get up out of here. Dry your tears. No more fear. And let's go. If you love someone, tell them today. Don't wait until they close their eyes and they fly away. Then it's too late and you can't find the words to say because the tears are filling your mouth because they're falling from your eyes and you're about to drown on your own tears. On your own tears, move aside. Don't hold it in for years. Go on and let it out. Tell me now how much you care. Tell me now that you'll be there and show me through your actions. No more procrastinating. No more holding back, son. Because when it's too late, it's too late and time will be gone. Time will be gone. Time will be gone. Then you'll be feeling so wrong. So why feel wrong when you knew all alone that you could just hold on and listen to a brand new song? I don't want to look down on you and you down here crying over me. Go on and tell me now how much you love me. Let me see in the things that you do, the things that you do. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Here are your weekly quick bits. Former First Lady Nancy Reagan died yesterday at the age of 94. Peyton Manning announced his retirement. Gabby Douglas won the American Cup, which was her first gold medal since winning one in the 2012 Olympics. Since 1980, only six women have competed twice in the Olympics, and it looks like Gabby is about to add to that number. Carolina Panthers' Cam Newton gets his own show on Nickelodeon called All In. Cam will take kids on their dream journey. It is centered on amazing kids with amazing talents. They have not announced a release date yet, but it is expected to air later this year. 
Cam is reportedly in L.A. filming for this new series. We'll start off trending news by sharing that the Texas trooper indicted in the arrest of Sandra Bland has formally been terminated. It took a while, but I'm glad that he has finally been held accountable. And you think that holding people accountable would curb this type of activity? But just this past week, an Alabama officer was charged in the shooting death of yet another unarmed black man. The actual shooting happened in February when Officer Aaron Smith gunned down 58-year-old Gregory Gunn as he was walking home. Officer Smith says that Mr. Gunn was, quote, acting suspiciously. So the officer further contends that he's innocent because he felt threatened. But there seems to be little evidence to support his story. Now, the family's attorney, Tyrone Means, is quoted to say, Gunn's next-door neighbor, Colvin Henson, ran to his front door to find Smith standing over Gunn with his firearm drawn after hearing a commotion. A post-mortem examination requested by Means showed that Gunn was shot five times, with the last two in a downward trajectory, meaning that he was already on the ground. He also said that the shots that were fired from Mr. Gunn were not consistent with him attempting to attack in any way, nor with him attempting to use any kind of weapon against the officer. Well, I was just wanting to know, you know, what suspicious behavior this 58-year-old man was exhibiting. Well, that's not clear. He was walking home in the neighborhood he grew up in, and he actually was killed in front of his neighbor's house. The neighbor came outside after he heard some sort of commotion. But, again, there's no evidence to support um, Officer Smith's side of the story, and so I think that's why he was ultimately arrested. And it's pretty sad because Mr. Gunn actually lived with his 84-year-old mother, who he cared for, and I keep thinking that the more courts find police officers accountable and serve some sort of consequence on this behavior, that we're going to stop hearing these stories. But almost every week, there's another one. And I just want to say that if I get killed by the police or I go to jail and they say I committed suicide, don't believe it. And if Earl and Sandra say that they want a peaceful protest, don't believe them either because I did not say that. I want y'all to Tear up some stuff. We're going to make a note of that. Well, I'm going to move forward with something else in trending news this week where the black students who were removed from the Trump rally, did y'all hear about that? Yes. Yes. So about 30 Valdosta, Georgia students attended a Trump rally and reportedly just stood silently on the bleachers when they were approached and removed by the Secret Service. Now I'm thinking, the Secret Service? Really? Was it that serious? And this was pretty much a peaceful protest. They were just there. And so I am providing the link to the story because I think the details are pretty interesting. There are conflicting sides to the story, but I just thought they weren't hurting anybody. And, you know, they were just there, and the Secret Service got involved. And that's pretty heavy. You know, the Secret Service really only gets involved in a matter of security when there's a threat to some high-powered political figure. Well... And what was the threat? Standing there? They were standing peacefully in the bleachers. My question is, and this may be a very obvious question, as I, you know, so often tell my students, why does Donald Trump need the Secret Service? That's not the only thing that happened at a Trump rally, and I know you probably have seen this video because it's gone viral, but in Kentucky, there's a black woman who was assaulted. I mean, she was kicked, she was dragged, she was cursed at by these Trump supporters. In fact, looking at it, it's almost like a Klan rally. In fact, 
I've seen recently in some stories where they're comparing Trump rallies to Ku Klux Klan rallies. And I'm not trying to throw shade, but his rallies can be quite violent. You can't just attend for information. It's like either you are for him or you cannot be there. Right. And he's and so, his job is to get you riled up, and that's his whole modus operandi the whole time that he's there, to offend right. somebody or some ethnic group to, you know, get his supporters all on the bandwagon. You know, let's go out. Let's get rid of everybody that's not like us. Let's send everybody else who's not like us back to wherever they came from because we're going to make Was he going to send his wife you back know, to where now, she came from? Excuse me. Yeah. I forgot I'm not supposed to. Okay. Let me go but back. But wait a minute, though. That, that's, that's a very valid question. This the second or the third wife who ain't from this side of the water? Oh, okay. Mm. Seems like the black people that are there come peacefully. But that woman that they was pushing now that, they would have just had to, to gang me because I swear – I would have set it off, and I've been calling everybody and their mama to come down there. And she, I mean, and then in the end, she still was being, like, peaceful. You know, I was right. like, they, they picked the right one because that couldn't have been bone quick. But you know what? I know, right? But, you know, ultimately, her peaceful response to that really sent a powerful message because you could really highlight their actions. You know, you couldn't say, well, she provoked them or she did this or she did that. All of the anger, all of the hatred, all of the violence was one-sided. But like you said, it had to be hard to do because I don't know many that could take the type of abuse that she suffered and kind of go out quietly. So I personally believe that the behaviors we're seeing across the country are setting the tone for behaviors we're seeing in our youth. Overt racism is like becoming more and more acceptable. So there's another story. Two white students recently thought it fitting to perform a mock slave auction. So what happened is these students were at a convention, and I guess as the students were attending the convention, a part of it was for them to introduce themselves, and they were asked to do that in a way that would show school spirit. Well, these two students performed a skit that mocked a slave auction. So since that time, both the school district and the teacher who coached the students issued an apology, but something in those kids made them think it was okay. And, you know, frankly, I've heard a whole lot of apologies lately, but very little change. Right. You know, we've done several stories, like the kids who spelled out the N-word on their T-shirts, and it just goes on and on. Right. You know, from an educator's perspective, most times, and more often than not, if you are representing your school at a local, a state, or a national event, usually whatever you do in representation of the school has to be cleared through your organizational sponsor, that teacher, as well as the administration before you're allowed to even leave off the school grounds. We're going to the X, Y, and Z convention in the name of ABC High School, and if the sponsoring teacher and the administration don't give you the go-ahead for your skit, for your performance, for your introduction, for your whatever, then you don't represent the school in that life. You either don't go at all or you work it to where you represent your school and the district in the best possible life. So here again, you thought, you can very easily fault the sponsoring teacher. You can fault the building administrator that skit or whatever should have been cleared through them. 
even though, like I said, I'm really tired of the apologies. And the only reason I'm tired of the apologies is because I'm tired of things happening that warrant an apology. But right. beyond them just saying they were sorry, they did actually take some additional actions to say that they believe it's wrong. And if people don't think it's wrong, let's talk about it. Let's talk about why this is offensive, why this wasn't appropriate. And, you know, a part of it could be that the students did not think it was inappropriate. And that probably had to do with their environment or their community or their home life. There's been several accounts during Black History Month, I mean, of elementary schools and like preschools doing these uh, Black History Month programs and trying to make the black kids be slaves or working in the field, things like that. And I'm just wondering, you know, why is it so comfortable to do this now? I don't recall, you know, a lot of this going on before. It just seems like now it's like, well, okay, we can do whatever we want to do because all we're going to have to do is say we're sorry and they're going to forgive us and they're going to march and they're going to Black Lives Matter and then that's it. Then it's back to us doing what we want to do again. It's just ridiculous now. You have to remember this. We're saying it's wrong because it's wrong to us. The people doing it don't think it's wrong. You know, they think that they're right. They think they're supreme. They think that they have some superiority over other races. And so in their hearts, they believe that they're right. And that's why I think we continue to see it, because it's like human nature to them. While we're on politics, sort of, let me give you a quick recap of where we are with the election primary. So Clinton and Trump have won Massachusetts, South Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Louisiana, Arkansas, and Nevada. Trump has also won New Hampshire, Kentucky, and Vermont, while Clinton has also won Texas and Iowa. Now, Bernie Sanders and Cruz have won Oklahoma and Kansas. Bernie Sanders has also won New Hampshire, Vermont, Minnesota, Colorado, and Nebraska. Additionally, Cruz has won Iowa, Alaska, and Texas. Rubio has won Minnesota. And if you can't remember all of that, never fear. You can visit www.talkwitht.com, and I posted a link to this information on my website. And we'll continue to follow the election primaries and all of the 2016 shenanigans of this political race as we move toward the final election of the next president of these great United States. So the next story I want to talk about is Nina Simone's family being upset. So the controversy centers around a lighter-skinned actress who had her skin darkened for the role. So pretty much it's like she's in blackface. So right. the family feels it's disrespectful since Nina Simone's dark complexion and African features were actually a part of her identity. Now, Simone's estate were not at a loss for describing feelings about this movie when it tweeted last Wednesday. Hopefully people begin to understand this is painful, gut-wrenching, heartbreaking, nauseating, and soul-crushing. Yes, indeed. So, of course, Zoe Saldana, the actress who is playing Nina Simone in this new biopic, is Dominican. And, of course, as you said, the big deal is the fact that she's darkened her skin and she has this prosthetic nose. Several people, like you said, have gone in, including but not limited to members of Nina Simone's family, but even India Ari herself has gone in on the fact that this actress has darkened her skin and attached this prosthetic nose to play this uh, very well-known and very pivotal musician. And so 
people have come up with lists of actresses who probably would have done a better job of playing Nina Simone as opposed to Zoe Saldana. Some even suggested Viola Davis. But we'll move right along. Finally, the ridiculous need to gain new Air Jordans continues as the fight over a pair of new Nike Air Jordan 2 retro winged shoes ended in gunfire at a Minneapolis footlocker. Now, two people were shot as a crowd stood in line to get the shoes. And keep in mind that the store only had 10 pairs. So I'm just really wishing that people kind of set some priorities. But then to have two people end up shot over it is really ridiculous. I'm trying to figure out what the hype is over the Jays because from what I've seen, and I'm not a tennis shoe connoisseur, I've got a cousin who pretty much has every pair of Jays that has been out as long as he's been alive, but I don't see what the hype is. I don't see what, you know, where the difference is between the styles that come out. Here again, it's well, a matter of priorities. you got folks who will stand in line for hours to get these shoes, but, oh, and I'm put, I got my educator hat on here. But, oh, when we call you for parent-teacher conference, you don't show up. But you in line to get the J's, though. Okay, then. <laughs> Someone put up a picture of Michael Jordan, and he had a shirt on, and it had a Jordan sign equals, and then had a dollar sign. He knows that those Jordans that he just keeps putting out that they've already been put out many, many years ago are just bringing him more and more money. And then... for shoes, and if they go on eBay, they're $500, $600. Let me ask you this. I really, and I know I might get some slack for this, but I'm trying to figure out is why are we hating on that man for building an empire or an enterprise when it's up to each consumer what they want to spend their money on? I know that I looked at a pair of red bottom pumps, and they were $2,000. Now, of course, I don't have the means to purchase these pumps, but Christian Louboutin, or however you pronounce it, who puts out the red bottoms, has many, many customers. I don't think that our anger should be towards Jordan for building an enterprise as many designers, as many people who have endorsed products have done. It's on the consumer to make better choices. If people stop spending $250 on his shoes, then he would stop making them, or they'd be a cheaper price. Speaking of shoes, I noticed that Stephen Curry had his shoes produced through Nike. But I don't know if you all knew this. On his shoes at the bottom, he would write scripture during the uh-huh. game, before the game. And so Nike said he was not allowed to do that. So now he's changed over to Under Armour. And Under Armour actually is making his shoes with the scripture already printed on them. And that's a fad that I like because now Colin, he wants the Stephen Curry shoes with the scripture on it. And I told him that, you know, he chose his own scripture to write on his shoes. And so he's really wanted to do that. So that being said, I'm going to drop a few bucks for some Stephen Curry so that my son can write some scripture on them. You know, but that's my choice as a consumer. And that's all I have to say about that. Before I close today's show... And while I still have you two on the line, I have a couple of additional nuggets of information I need to share. So the first being, I want to issue a warning again for people to please be careful about posting stories from satire sites or incredible sources. On that note, not only be careful about posting them, be careful about believing what other people post. 
I've seen multiple stories recently that were untrue yet spread like wildfire because people automatically reposted or believed the stories without verifying them. So my second point that I need to share is that I don't think we understand as a community sometimes how this whole voting thing works. And when I looked at the numbers, I realized that so far, and not just locally, but across the country, there's been poor voter turnout among Democrats. And it doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican or whatever, to each his own. But what we need to understand is that we can't take for granted that everyone else will vote. Just a few people with this mindset can yield an undesirable outcome, particularly for some communities. So one of the things we need to do is exercise our right to vote. And I know you hear it over and over and over, but I'm just begging people to please, please, please get out and vote. Because sometimes the margin between the winner and the loser is very narrow, and you can actually pinpoint it to a certain area, a neighborhood, or a community that had little voter turnout, yet the person that was going to be chosen as the elected official and making decisions for that community didn't get voted in by members of that community, if you understand what I'm saying. So I wanted to throw that out there. And I also want to make sure that we understand some of the election terms. And so I posted a link to some of the glossaries so that we can follow, kind of follow some of the conversations that we're hearing as we approach the 2016 election. So that's it for this bit. And I can't wait to talk to the two of you next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. All right now. Well, once again, we've come to an end. But stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. Look out for Talking With T Live coming soon so that you can engage with the show and join in the discussions. In the meantime, I would love to hear from you on Facebook or Twitter. I'm asking all listeners to help spread the word about the show. You can now download Talking With T on iTunes or TuneIn Radio. You can also subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper, to get your daily scoop of trending news. Don't forget to nominate a hometown hero or top team. And we welcome suggestions for topics or more of what you would like to hear on Talking With T. If you are an artist and want your music featured on Talking With T, please contact us for a chance to get your talent noticed. If you have a story to tell, Hit me up for an opportunity to be heard as we continue to share real people with real stories. If you're in the Knoxville, Tennessee listening area, visit www.thevillageofknox.com for the community calendar, updates, and positive stories. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Well done is better than well said. Benjamin Franklin. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.